Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the example of this woman's faith. May we so grow to have great faith. May we find the courage to approach, to ask, to believe, and to not give up until we see the fruit of our faith come to be. Amen. Wes Seeliger is an unconventional Episcopal priest who loves motorcycles. He tells about being in a motorcycle shop one day, drooling over a huge Honda 750 and wishing he could buy it. And a salesman came over and began to talk about the product. He talked about the speed and acceleration and excitement and the attention-getting growl of the pipes and racing and risk and about the good-looking girls that would be attracted to anyone on such a cycle. Then he discovered Wes was a minister. Obviously, he wasn't wearing his collar ID. And immediately, the salesman changed his language and even the tone of his voice, and he spoke quietly and talked about good mileage (laughs) and visibility. It was indeed a practical vehicle. Wes observed... Lawnmower salespersons are not surprised to find pastors looking at their merchandise. Motorcycle salesmen are. Why? Does this tell us something about pastors and the church? Lawnmowers are slow and safe and practical and middle class. Motorcycles are fast and dangerous and thrilling. Then Wes asks a question. Is being a Christian more like mowing a lawn or riding a motorcycle? Is the Christian life safe and sound or dangerous and exciting? He concludes, the common image of the church is pure lawnmower, slow, deliberate, plodding. But our task is to take the church out on the open road, give it the gas, and see what this old baby will do. From the moment that Jesus heard about John the Baptist being beheaded, Jesus had been trying to get away. He needed some quiet time to regroup and recuperate from the drain of the crowds. The crowds were hungry and he fed thousands with a boy's lunch and had leftovers. He sent the disciples across the lake so he could pray and a storm came up and he had to walk out on the water to help them. And now, for the first time in his ministry... Jesus decides to go beyond the borders of Palestine. Since he couldn't find privacy in the Jewish territory, maybe he could find some in the Gentile territory. Maybe at least the Jewish leaders who were opposing him would dare not follow. But as we see, not even there Jesus can escape the pressing need of others. He isn't there long when a woman comes crying out for help. Even though she was not Jewish, even though she was not from the land of Israel, but was from what we now call Lebanon, even though she was from a tribe of people who had been at war with Israel, she did not let that stop her. She was willing to take a risk. She was willing to dare to be dangerous and exciting. She came shouting, mercy, have David, have mercy on me, son of David. 
Now, the first thing we can say about this woman is that she was willing to cross barriers. Jesus crossed her border, but she crossed several barriers. This woman was aware of the great gulf between her people and the people of Israel. But she had heard of the great powers of Jesus and was willing to cross those barriers to put down her pride and cry out for help. The second thing we can say about it is that she refused to be put off. And there were at least three intimidating factors that could have made her give up. First, there was the silence of Jesus. The scriptures tell us that her cry of help, Jesus replied, not a word. There's no reaction harder to bear than silence. A flat no at least acknowledges your presence and tells you where you stand. But when there's silence, you don't know what the person is thinking or even that they've acknowledged you. Surprisingly, this did not intimidate her. She perceived what very people have the faith to perceive, that the silence of God does not mean the indifference of God. Second, she was not intimidated by the not-so-silent reaction of the disciples. They regarded her pleas for help as a nuisance, just like they asked Jesus to send the crowd of 5,000 away to get something to eat. They asked Jesus to send this woman away. The disciples became fatigued with the constant pressure of the demands made upon them. And part of this woman's faith, however, was that she would not be put off by the silence or even the direct opposition of others. When Jesus finally broke his silence, he said, I have been sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and to them alone. Surprisingly, not even that put her off. In spite of what he said, she fell at his feet and said, Sir, help me. In response to this woman's persistent plea to help, Jesus makes another statement that we have difficulty in understanding. He said, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. To us, that sounds harsh. But we need to remember, we're reading words on a page and have no idea what the expression on Jesus' face was or the tone of his voice was. However, the actual word Jesus used was not the one to describe the wild dogs that roamed the streets at that time. The word was puppy. Like a puppy who never gives up, she came back with, It's true, sir, I admit it. I realize I have no claim on you, but even the puppy dogs get scraps from the master's table. She was saying, in effect, sir, I admit I have no claim on you, but there must be some extra grace that you have that I would be deserving of. Crumbs would be enough. Jesus was surprised by her answer. He said something he never said to any of his disciples. He said, woman, great is your faith. On no occasion do we know of Jesus saying anything like that to his disciples more often it was oh ye of little faith in fact only on only one other occasion did jesus praise a person for great faith and that was another gentile a roman centurion stationed at capernaum who said he believed that if jesus just said the word his servant would be healed we can learn a lot from this woman we need to be about crossing barriers Ignoring divisions, 
blazing trails, not being discouraged by silence or even vocal opposition. We need to be willing to try something different, to get something new started, even if we're on vacation. This week I saw a story of an airline pilot, Captain Echocamp, who was on vacation in Hawaii with his wife and daughter, who rather than have a flight canceled for lack of a pilot, flew passengers from Maui to Denver in his shorts and flip-flops because he couldn't get to his uniform. To succeed, we will need to be persistent like this mother who came to Jesus to ask for the sake of her daughter. We need to come to Jesus for the sake of our daughters and our sons and our generations and our grandchildren's generations that need to know the joy of knowing Jesus. And I believe that they can come to know him through what we do here. However, continuing to do only what we've always done will continue to always get what we've always got and maybe even less. To grow beyond where we are now, we'll realize that we need make realize that we need to blaze some new trails, to pioneer some new avenues of ministry, to cross over barriers, to be persistent and not give up in the face of silence or even the face of outright rejection or even in the face of challenges to see if we're really serious about seeking answers to our questions and quests. It may even involve tearing down two houses to build more space for children across Rutgers. Wes Seeliger surprised the motorcycle salesman when he found out he was a pastor. The woman from Lebanon surprised Jesus by daring to approach him and beg for help, demonstrating her great faith. I want to surprise Jesus. Yes, lawns need mowing, but worlds need exploring. We can do both. My prayer and hope is that we will surprise Jesus and cause him to marvel at us and give us the same kudo that he gave that mother. May we get a great as your faith kudo. I believe God wants to grow God's family beyond the human limitations that some want to impose. I want to open the man-made borders, the lines that only exist on pieces of paper called maps. I want to build bridges. I want to take the church out on the open road and give it the gas and see what this baby will do. I may start out asking for table scraps, but I believe I can be pleasantly surprised Find out I not only have a place at the table, that I too can remind up receiving so much more than crumbs from, but making room for more many people at God's table. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for this precious example of faith in this woman who cared more for her daughter's healing than she did about the barriers that could have kept her away. We pray that we will not put up barriers between us and those you call to touch us through us. Grow our faith to believe what we can't see yet. Grow our lives to make room for new things and new friends. Grow our hope to know that you love us and are in ministry with us and will take us where you want us to go. We pray for those who need to know, for those who are on a need-to-know basis.
for those who need to know they are loved, who need to know they have hope, who need to know they have hope in you, who need to know you. May we be channels through which their need to know can be met. Amen. I love seeing the youth's ABCs of prayer. I think it's the A to Z prayer. (laughs) They didn't stop at C. They went all the way to Z. And starting this week, our youth will be putting their prayers in action. They'll be getting out on the road to the Houston Food Bank. They'll be learning about human trafficking from the landing. They'll be making compassion bags for the Emergency Aid Coalition. They will be packing back-to-school bags for McGregor Elementary. They'll be visiting the hospitality apartments where people in town for cancer treatment can stay for free. They'll be baking cookies for our children parents' night out. I told you, I gave you two weeks' notice a couple weeks ago about this. It starts tomorrow, and maybe God is calling you to join them and help them as they put their A to Z faith in action.